0: You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode number 68, 101 Dalmatians. Have you got any chloroform? Not a drop. No ether, either.
1: Either. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling, here with my amazing... Spotted co host Chelsea Robson and Mason Smith.
0: Hello, hello, that's right. Spotted, I have exactly 85 spots <laughs> on me. Y'all probably didn't need to know that.
2: Uh, we
1: call those freckles, but you can call them spots. Or you have some crazy disease that we don't know about and please don't tell us about it. Thanks.
3: Yeah, we're, we're fine not knowing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For those of you who are new to the show, the Animation Addicts podcast is a podcast about animated movies, past and present. Each episode, we talk about a new movie, we dissect it, we review it, we geek out about it. And this episode, we're doing Walt Disney's 101 Dalmatians, which I love, guys. I loved watching this movie. This was a blast. Woo,
0: yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. This one really brought me back. In summation, here we can have a conversation to voice a combination of frustration and adoration, all in relation to illustration and animation. And unless there's a complication, we like to end in celebration of the population of our generation that listened to us. How does that sound?
0: We'll we'll have an animation plantation. (laughs) An animation plantation, I say.
3: I couldn't resist. (laughs)
0: I like it It's a sensation Well, as as our listeners know for news and reviews you can check out rotoscopers.com because in these podcasts we like to make room for nerdy couch discussions. <laughs> That's right folks. The segment where we literally sit on the couch and we talk about all things like any any random, you know, kind of crazy topic on animation and we discuss it. We try to be as as uh, as unprepared as possible. To keep the conversation pure and nerdy and uh, we gave y'all a the option of telling us what you think our nerdy couch discussion should be for this episode so it's listeners choice if you will and so to introduce this segment we're going to refer to a piece of fan mail from mike who said hey guys thank you so much for answering my question about pixar's up and Mazeltov, Mazeltov, to Mason and Morgan for their recent accomplishments. You rock. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they mean Chelsea in there too. Chelsea's got got no, accomplishments. I
3: accomplished nothing in life.
0: <laughs> well, here is a nerdy couch discussion question for you. What makes <laughs> it the best? <laughs>
1: Dang
0: it! Let me finish.
1: <laughs> Great transition, Mason. Really smooth. <laughs>
0: it's not that i'm awkward it's just mike continues by saying what makes the best animated henchman is it better to be goofy like Lafu, gaston's little goon or a monster like mitch cleach's pet joanna the goanna or maybe you can just be like Gru and have all your minions be adorable i look forward to your thoughts um also we had our nerdy couch discussion last episode on animated dogs and uh mike gives us a, a, a pretty good list of ones that we missed there's a brain from inspector gadget which is which i i remember uh dogbert from dilbert comic strip turned sometimes cartoon uh dox doxy from oswald the lucky rabbit that one i'm unfamiliar with and there's droopy dog uh and weenie uh big one um family family dog oh that's from the is that from the original tim burton short i'm assuming that name i assume hong kong fooey Faster than the human eye. I remember watching a lot of boomerang shows with Hong Kong Fooey. Uh, Crypto the Superdog, unfamiliar again. Underdog. Uh, Port Porkchop from Doug, I mean, hello. Uh, Sam Sheepdog from Looney Tunes. Uh, Luis from Rio. Kipper had his own show, which I regret to inform me that, I yes, I did watch uh, when I was a kid. And then Mr. Weenie from Open Season. And then uh, Mike closes by saying, finally, you are so right about Itchy's outfit in All Dogs Go to Heaven. I would have much rather seen him dress like Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> that would make more sense. I mean, Charlie Chaplin is really tall. Well, he does. He, he just doesn't audibly talk. It would have better suited his personality and the era in which the film was set. Happy Memorial Day, Mike. Well, thanks, Mike. And in honor of your uh, question about the henchmen, we're going to dedicate our nerdy couch discussion on animated bad guy henchmen. Well, they don't necessarily have to be inherently evil. They can be kind of goofy and, and misled. But nonetheless, they are, the, they are the henchmen for these. Or just mischievous in general. Yeah, yeah.
3: Let's start out with two from today's episode. It's mm. Jasper and Horace. Are they good
1: henchmen? Jasper! Horace! They're incredible! Jasper!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think they're a great duo, You've seen this before—the the tall skinny one, the short squatty one—they're like yes. evil C-3PO and R2D2. <laughs> this is what they would be like if they were pet, if they worked for Darth Vader.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, they're they're really funny. They're comedic henchmen. They're pretty competent, so we never you know think oh they'll never get the job done you know there's parts where we're like um they could definitely make this happen but then you kind of get like because they keep messing up and messing up and messing up you realize, and eh, never mind <laughs> yeah
0: they, they have the right um they have the right combination of sinister but they also have uh co- you know comedic relief i guess and then you have some that are just completely comedic relief
3: yes like cronk
0: like pain and, and panic
3: pain oh yeah and panic
0: uh, Sir Hiss. Sir Hiss has absolutely no combat skills.
1: I <laughs> love Sir
0: Hiss. <laughs> He's one that you actually uh, pity.
1: Snakes. Like, yeah, you really do... the... Poor
0: Hiss, he gets so abused.
1: It's true. Well, I would con- Would you consider the stepsisters from Cinderella henchmen?
0: I would call them more antagonists.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Because, well, it, you do make a good point. They, they could be henchmen because they... They are the daughters of the evil stepmother.
1: Yeah, the henchmen, more broadly, you could look at any henchman is kind of the sidekicks to the villain or the main antagonist, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. But then you have uh, henchmen who are kind of at odds sometimes with the main antagonist. The first one I can think of is Snow White's uh, huntsman, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, because he wouldn't go through with it. And then there's, uh, as far as the evil stepsisters go, it's kind of interesting because they are very much so egocentric that sometimes they're totally at odds with each other and their e- the evil stepmother, just not as much as their common enemy, Cinderella.
3: Totally. So it's, yeah. they're
0: very, wow, they're actually very interesting.
3: It's a very complex relationship that they have. <laughs>
0: very complex. Hey, you know who I think are some of the the ultimate sinister henchmen are Flotsam and Jetsam from the Little Mermaid. There
1: you oh, go. There's no humor with those guys. They're no. all business. They're You know what we don't see? Are they electric eels or just eels? They're electric eels.
0: I think nope. they're just moray eels. Yeah, Moray eels aren't okay. necessarily electric, but that would be cool if they had sinister electrocuting powers.
1: Totally. And, but they do kind of get electrocuted at the end. <laughs> they could have so.
0: fried old Sebastian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> zap, zap, zap.
0: Zap, zap, zap. Um, even um, Shenzi, Banzai, and Ed from The Lion King, they have their sinister qualities, but at the same time, they're hilarious.
1: Absolutely.
0: But Flotsam and Jetson are just mean. Yeah. Um, mean.
1: You know, I think in Sleeping Beauty, the goons, Maleficent's goons, are just uh-huh, uh-huh. dorks. The orcs? We check all the cradles.
2: Yep. yep. <laughs> Every cradle. <laughs>
3: They've been looking ah! for a baby.
2: <laughs> yep, yep.
0: They're like so proud of themselves actually <laughs> doing something right. <laughs> and then Maleficent does that laugh that's like, uh she's like laughing, and then she really hates that you can tell she's has something really sinister going on with the with the laughing. Let's see. Um just kind of flipping through this little database of Disney henchmen at least. Uh there's um <laughs> Don't
1: reveal our sources. Oh sorry.
0: There's all sorts of pathetic ones. There's um Mr. Snoops from the rescuers, Wiggins from Pocahontas, <laughs> uh, down down to a Malt who's extremely incompetent. You get the henchmen that are kind of just stuck with the main bad guy.
1: Yeah, but those are just as important like these goofy dorky like the King of Hearts and, you know, just these dorky ones who are not helpful at all in any way. <laughs>
3: Well, then you have somebody like Iago, which almost pushes a plot forward as well.
0: Iago, yes, he's a he's funny, but he also causes mayhem.
1: Right. Oh, so I'm looking at some of these, not not the popular main ones, but technically Thomas can be considered a henchman. Ken, which, th-
0: which Thomas?
1: Thomas from Pocahontas. Yeah. Oh, like... <laughs> Even though Which always one's
0: Thomas? Soft- oh, is he the, is he the little the one, softy
1: one? He's the one who shoots Cocoa at the end.
0: Oh, you're a poor excuse for a soldier and a slip shot. Well, <laughs> yep. the, the power of insulting someone will get them to do what you want.
1: Chief from Fox and the Hound. Ken from Toy Story 3. Br'er Bear from Song of the South.
0: Oh, Br'er Bear. Yeah, he's a good, he's a pretty incompetent henchman.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of, um, like, animal sidekicks, there's Brutus and Nero. Are they above or below Flotsam and Jetsam when it comes to uh, What's scariness? A,
3: what does above mean? That they are less
1: or more? They're, they're, they're a better henchman.
3: I would say they're below. I still think Flotsam and Jetsam are higher than Brutus and Nero. You're too soft.
1: What about Roscoe and DeSoto, the two Dobermans from Oliver? Oh, and from
0: Company? Oliver and Company?
1: Those are pretty bad. They end up dying too, don't they? I can neither confirm nor unconfirm. <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe we have to do it.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Thing. Oh, um, there's a Mr. Smee. Just what do you think you are doing? Putting it back like you said. <laughs> I, don't, I can't do a Mr. Smee voice, but uh, I like Mr. Smee. I like <laughs> I like a, <laughs> Mr. Smee. He just he just panics so much that he just does whatever anyone hands to him. So Peter Pan just hands him a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Try your luck, Mr. Smee And he goes right up, just, He doesn't care, he just aims it straight At the captain Hold it, you fool It's one of my favorite parts of that movie I don't know why The poor guy is just so easily taken advantage of He'll just be like, oh, a gun, I can shoot Peter Pan for captain Okay, here it goes
1: So I'm thinking of some, some Recent henchmen from Disney movies There's the Duke mm. of Wesselton's bodyguards Who ended oh, up not being brother. that great. Yeah. Oh, brother! Then, those guys are like
0: no, no offense to Frozen fans, but I just can't stand those guys. They're so pointless. <laughs> they're besides decoys. the mutton chops.
3: They're decoys. That's all they're there for.
0: Besides for- to, uh, besides the, to display the the dangers of mutton chops. This could happen to you, kids.
1: I have one more from Wreck-It Ralph: Winchell and Duncan, the two of them. Oh, the mutton <laughs> <the> chops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget the. Um, there's the Stabbington brothers from Tangled, who were just, you know, oh. kind of they were they were kind of independent rogues, and then they get manipulated by Mother Gothel to be to be henchmen.
1: Yes, it's true.
0: So that's interesting. Hired mercenaries.
1: Yeah, royal
3: guards from Aladdin.
0: <laughs> you idiots!
2: Yes, we've all got swords. <laughs>
0: I do uh. like that oh now that uh disney has acquired star wars you could say all the battle droids all the cis battle droids are uh are henchmen <laughs> pretty not animated. Inep- yeah they are the battle droids are totally animated no. but um <laughs> all right well i guess that counts as vfx um non-disney there's um oh there's all sorts of stuff there's uh oh i really like shark Tale by dreamworks there there was the uh, Z- uh ziggy marley played this uh jellyfish
3: yeah that one was good
0: And then there was an octopus that worked for the shark boss, who was this, like, standard uh, mafia um, squealer, you know, kind of type, kind of like killer from uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. You know, he's like the hey boss type of guy, you know?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking, have you ever seen um, the Venture Brothers? Yes.
0: Yes. I've seen like two episodes.
1: So technically, the skin, the two henchmen in there, they're dressed like monarch butterflies. Um, they're called <laughs> I hate s-
2: the butterfly guy.
1: Skinny henchman number twenty-four and Tubby henchman number twenty-one. Those are their names, and they're awesome. That's sad.
0: That's sad. <laughs> oh yeah, sometimes uh, an antagonist has a whole army of henchmen, like the Huns. True. Um Shun Yu's got a whole whole legion of henchmen.
3: See, this could go way far. Are we doing TV
1: as well or just movies?
0: Uh, Animation.
1: I, yeah, I'm thinking even um, Mr. J. Mr. J. <laughs> Harley Quinn. Oh, dude,
0: Harley Quinn's oh, an man. excellent henchman.
1: <laughs> okay, we need to do a YouTube video, one of the three of us. Top 10 animated, top 10 Disney henchmen. And uh, and then Disney we could do top Disney 10. Okay. Yeah, then we can do another one. The top 10 disney duo hedgemen where there's two of them so flotsam oh. jetsam horace and jasper blah blah blah. so i i think we could do some amazing youtube videos wouldn't we with more of a concrete power rankings
0: we should do a nerdy couch discussion where we go over animated bad girls that's always a uh because i'm thinking of um oh who was the who was the evil chick on um kim possible
1: I never saw Kim Possible, nor did
0: I. Doctor Dr. Draken was an inc- was an incredibly inept. Can you think of a henchman that's actually smarter than the actual antagonist? Um. There's the there's the crow henchman for Zigzag, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Chief of the collar. He eventually gets the best of him. He true. gets the last laugh, as it were. True. True. <laughs> the the bookworm from Toy Story 3. <laughs> I don't know I don't know why I like him so much. It was filed under light year. <laughs> I like him. So,
1: okay. So, let's not talk about specifics, but so in your guys' opinion, what makes a good henchman? What's like the main qualities you look for?
0: A henchman. Well, whatever they are, they've got to be the most entertaining ones seem to be a foil to the main antagonist, so the villain. So if the villain is very sinister, well, I don't know because Jafar and Iago make a really good dynamic. Mm-hmm. Iago, Iago, Iago totally like, I'm just thinking out loud here. Iago like almost all the time agrees with Jafar, but at the same time, he's, he's like, he's like Jafar's less reserved side. <laughs> I guess They're like another personality of the villain. So if they're, I guess sometimes they can make a, make a great like extension to the personality of the villain. Cause if Jafar wasn't so regal and reserved, then then Jafar would be like Iago and he wouldn't need him. I don't know.
1: I am bad, and that is good. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so I think when I'm looking at a henchman, they either have to be really sinister mm. and just be able to fulfill on the villains plans and kind of like facilitate that and make those happen. Or they can kind of be kind of in, you know, a lot of sidekicks are like this, but just sort of the comic relief. And sometimes when you have the bo the two bozo side henchmen that just don't get the job done. Um, it, it's funny because also it kind of makes the villain look that much more villainous and serious because they're, sur- I'm surrounded by imbeciles, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think it just depends on how you want to portray your I mean, does that make does that make Cruella scarier of a villain because she's surrounded by imbeciles versus Ursula, who her henchmen are totally on point?
0: Ooh, I don't know. Hmm. Well, Cru- Cruella I think it accentuates like how sinister Cruella is and it kind of contrasts between, you know, petty sneak thieves and someone who really has this kind of twisted diabolical scheme, so I I think in in her case, the contrast between her and the kind of silliness of Jasper and Horace um, kind of makes her more evil, kind of nails Mm -hmm. that one in.
1: So you're saying basically the henchmen do not make the villain. The villain's going to be evil, whether they're not the henchmen are goofy or serious.
0: I'd have to rewatch Disney's House of Mouse special where where the villains take over because... (laughs) A lot of the times Cruella Deville is, if you, if you watch the show, they don't put Cruella Deville with Jasper and Horace. In fact, I don't, I don't even know if Jasper and Horace are in Ho- House of Mouse. But Cruella Deville can, can work alone. I'm sure she yeah, can. Yeah, totally.
1: She doesn't need them. I mean, she needs them to actually skin the dogs and whatnot. I don't think she knows how to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do the dirty work.
0: She does. I think. Well, I think she has more important things to do, like sit in her bed and smoke. I don't know.
1: Which her bed is totally disgusting. There's like pantyhose hanging off it, and then there's shoes everywhere. I'm interested to she's, know what Cruella does.
0: She and Yzma would get along really well. <laughs> like, I look at totally. both of them, and I'm like, gosh, what is keeping these people together?
3: Oh, I okay. also just thought of one Rasputin. Is it Rasputin?
0: Oh, Bartok. About? And Bartok, yeah. That brings up a point of mine. And we had this discussion, like, is what's Bartok doing running around with Rasputin? Like, were they college buddies? Does he owe him? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we owe him money. Um, But uh, like, I also like it when a minion or a henchman um, turns his back on the villain and changes at the end because dynamic characters are fun. Mm hmm. I like I like where they're either redeemed at the end by finally doing something right or they like let them go because they're so pathetic that they shouldn't be punished along along with the main villain.
3: You're on your own. This this can only end in tears.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like what Bartok just realized then that Rasputin meant business and wanted to murder people or was he just not bright? I I don't know. He Maybe just he's had a little mercenary well. bat for hire.
3: He had his fill, and he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna be a better person, or a bat,
0: <laughs> or a better a bat, a better bat. I'll be a I'll be a symbol."
3: <laughs> All right, so this goes out to our listeners right now. So, what do you guys think is a good henchman? What did you like? What are
1: you thinking? Help us with this discussion. If you have a ranking of Disney, the top 10 Disney henchmen, please send it to us, because we will take that into consideration when we are making our videos. So send us that email at contact at rotoscopers.com.
0: Oh, notice we also we also didn't talk about the minions from Despicable Me at all, or minion from Megamind. <laughs> 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 it's just that so- Disney, ha- Disney has such a long history of villain and minion teams that of course you're gonna talk about those. But I really like Minion. I loved his voice. He's he's a he's not Job, he's the other guy from Resta Development.
1: Tobias. But never nude.
0: Tobias, yeah. <laughs> uh I thought his voice was great and his personality was great. It's just kind of this I don't know. I just really liked his his personality matched uh it was almost like they cast the guy who plays Tobias specifically for that character. But um I think he's really funny. And then the Minions, of course, um I don't know. They're borderline hilarious, borderline annoying. So I don't really know how, wh- how I feel about them right now.
1: Yes, that's for another day.
0: I guess we should have oh. a we should have an episode where we force ourselves to not mention Disney and oh. see how see what kind of content we can come up with. <laughs> but it's, that'd be hard because we love Disney. Yeah. So maybe that'll never happen. And maybe our fans will never allow that to happen.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for that to happen.
0: Okay, okay. Just just some, some dangerous speculation there. <laughs> a dangerous pastime? I know.
1: Oh, speaking, okay, so this is kind of just a, a last-minute uh, tangent. So we were talking in our last Nerdy Couch discussion about um, different animated dogs, right? And what animated dog we thought would be good for different villains and whatnot. And we couldn't really think of any good ones for Gaston. Oh, one that's of our right. But one of our listeners came, immediately said... The steel from Balto, totally and she was works. so Dude, right. Charmaine, so right,
0: so and right. She, that is so spot on. She even made a. She even made a fan art for
1: it. Yes, I will include a link to that in the show notes because her fan art for it is perfect. I don't know why we didn't think of that, but thanks, Charmaine. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: Yeah, totally.
3: Yeah, if you check out the belt and the collar, they work out perfectly. <laughs> I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be. Check it out. The very first Disney film I ever saw in theaters was Hundred and One Dalmatians. Ooh. I'm pretty excited about this because it's it's taken me all the way back to my earliest memory of Disney right now.
0: 101 Dalmatians was to just general idea Disney's first modern animated film that is it's a modern setting and it was uh, released January 25th, 1961 and uh you might be confused as to how it is that Chelsea got to see it in theaters and that was her first animated film. 101 dalmatians was re-released to cinemas several times Um, It's based off of a 1956 novel by dodie smith Also rewritten as a musical. So I didn't know any of this that it was adapted from a novel And I like how it was rewritten as a musical So is just standard Disney procedure to adapt every animated film it makes into a musical like just on reserve like just in case Like, is there is there a Black Cauldron musical rotting away, like rotting away in an archive that we don't know about somewhere? Just like waiting for the opportune moment for the first time. Disney on Ice presents the Black Cauldron. (laughs) You know, it's like the scariest thing you've ever seen.
3: Creeper comes out of you.
0: Actually, I think they should take this a little further. They should make a live action movie called Cruella. It'll it star uh, Helena Bonham Carter, and uh, it has to have Benedict Cumberbatch in it, too, because England. Uh, it can explain the tragic origins of a misunderstood fashionista who was driven to be evil by someone else, preferably a male. And we're supposed to pity her because of that. And it can be like this whole new reboot of a, of the franchise. They could even sell makeup that's, that's based on Cruella. And wigs. You know? And wigs. So this is just this is just my thing here. You know, so Disney seems to be on this kick of, of rewriting their own history. I, I'm being really being really unfair, but <laughs> I think because they have a Maleficent coming out, I think they should make a Cruella to explain her origins. It's
1: true. No. Well, What? It, but she was
0: misunderstood, th- Morgan. No,
1: she is not. Why do we need to have a movie about a dog killer? She's, like, she's, I'm sorry. I love put it that way. I love Wicked as much Dog as the next killer. person, but I think Wicked started a very horrible trend of really? let's make let's make our villains uh personal let's see the other side of the coin what drove them to their madness and they're actually really relatable and you feel for them and actually they're not that bad they just had bad intentions blah 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 so maleficent we're gonna find out like she's super awesome and we're all gonna love maleficent after this it's gonna take her down a notch in the villain super ranking poll because we're like oh well she she wasn't that bad and now with like cruella How are
0: they gonna, they're gonna totally change Fantasmic over at Disney World.
1: Exactly, they're rewriting their history and I don't appreciate it. We don't need to know about (laughs) Ursula and her backstory. We don't need to know about Gaston and how like he was actually bullied as a child. We don't need to know about Jafar. Even though we did see Jafar, oh, with um, Star Kids Twisted, their musical about it, Um, kind of, it basically does what Wicked does and says like, oh, what really happened? And it's actually really funny, but it's really vulgar so I wouldn't recommend it personally. But yes. Anyways, rant, 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 rant. No, nope. oh, ep- ep-
0: hashtag epic Morgan rant. Oh my god! I'm so glad I opened up that can of worms. I, I um, I totally agree with you, Morgan. I I I think Maleficent. I think the premise of Maleficent is a little silly. Um. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I I just think it'd be funny. It, it, they should make a they should make an Ursula movie. You know, they could be a song. You know, once I meet the sea wizard. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they could they could have that. But anyway, just a, just a little throwback. Just, just a little throwback to Wicked. But I, I totally, I totally agree with you. But I still think benedict cumberbatch has to be in it because he's from england the game is urn anyway that's my little stab at uh, these uh, re- villain reboots and benedict cumberbatch i never tire of that so based on a 1956 novel by Dodie <laughs> smith i had no idea it was based off on a model a uh, model it was based on a novel did you
1: i did and i've always wanted to read it but i've never gotten around to it just like how i've always wanted to read the original mary poppins
0: you know, uh, our Whitney, our awesome host of the Animation Interviews podcast, sent us a few tidbits on the book, and some of them seem really far-fetched. Tell us. Well, uh, there's some weird stuff, and there's some not some weird stuff. So, it's interesting to note that Dodie Smith, who wrote the book, uh, she wrote the book after one of her friends commented how good Dalmatian fur would make on a fur coat. So, Dodie Smith ac- is actually Cruella. Like, she had a little <laughs> Cruella in her.
1: No, her friend was. Her friend was Cruella.
0: Oh, her friend commented that. Okay, okay. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> She's like, I would love to make this happen, but it's illegal, so I'm just going to write a book about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: In the original book, Perdita was not Pongo's wife. She was actually Scandalous. a she was a liver-spotted Dalmatian that was a nursemaid to the puppies. So to help nurse the puppies, they sometimes can bring in another dog or whatnot. And so that's what she was. And Pongo's wife, her name was just Mrs. Pongo or shortened. They just call her Mrs. Um, so in the Disney adaptation, they sort of combined the two roles. And, you know, we don't need the mistress around. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> no,
0: this seems very like Old
3: Testament
1: times to me. <laughs> well, she no, wasn't I a mean,
0: concubine. She wasn't.
1: She was just helping raise the children. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like
0: Ugly concubine. <laughs> So what exactly is liver spotted? I'm a little, I'm a little. I think
1: a liver spotted Dalmatian is not black and white. Liver spotted Dalmatians oh. are more brown. Okay,
0: I've seen and that. They that have makes a, sense.
1: They have like a lot of spots.
0: Did y'all know this? Sergeant Tibbs, I say sergeant, is actually a female cat in the book.
1: Oh. Aw, a, f- yeah. a female sergeant. I love how progressive they were.
0: Oh, <laughs> very nice, very nice.
3: <laughs> well, how about this one? Cruella apparently had a husband. I'm not sure what kind of a man would stick with her. Awesome. <laughs> she also had a cat who helped with the dogs. Who helped the dogs ruin her home? So I guess that's kind of where Sergeant Tibbs kind of came out. Um, but yeah, a, where did the husband go? <laughs>
0: you know, could he be? Could uh, I remember Skinner from uh, from the live action? Oh yeah could he have something could he be something of a of a cohort or a past lover of cruel deville hmm? hmm
3: that would make more no
0: sense and the fact that he
3: really speak what's I know this there?
0: is I know this is live action but I really love that scene he's like do not mention the scar opens <laughs> the door bloody heck look at that scar <laughs> <skull." laughs> <laughs> but anyway so cruella had a husband that's pretty good also worth mentioning, there was the runt of the litter named Cadpig, um, was a main character in the book, and she's later kind of the trendy, trendy modern uh, main character in the TV series. And I, I forgot that in the 90s, all of these films had TV series on the Disney Channel or whatever. Absolutely. But the the weirdest part that uh, when you ta- told us about, and that I, I researched, kind of looking up the books, was the sequel called The Starlight Bark. Would any of you care to explain that to me? What?
3: Apparently, it's all about how the humans on Earth are under a sleeping spell, and the dogs gain the ability to fly.
0: Yeah. Oh. Also, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's this weird thing where like everyone in England or, or on Earth, I, I don't know, it was confusing, like d- falls asleep and and won't wake up. Maleficent, uh, <laughs> she's at it again. Um, there's like a weird council that the dogs of Earth do and Pongo leads it. Like, apparently he's a top dog and they decide whether to stay on Earth or to go to other planets and populate them. I'm, I'm not kidding, folks.
1: <laughs> oh my God. And this is where the 101 Dalmatian series died. <laughs> yes. okay, that's why we don't have any more books because this sequel, enough said.
0: <laughs> Pongo, I'm going back to my home planet now. <laughs> oh, <gee. laughs> do you have something? to <laughs> <laughs> Just as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> I'm going back to my planet now.
2: From the name that means magic in entertainment, this Christmas, Walt Disney brings you a puppy or two. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Ten. Eleven. It's fabulous. And a woman we will stop at nothing to get them.
4: Fifteen puppies? How marvelous!
2: All of them. Hiddor, you know,
4: she's a devil. Or oh, a witch. All...
2: 13!
4: Wait a minute, wait a minute.
2: Six more. Plus two is eleven.
0: Thirty-six over here. Thirty-six and eleven, that's...
2: What?
4: Where's that, Mrs. Dad?
2: Nin- Ninety-nine.
4: Have you ever seen so many puppies? A hundred and one? I'll take them all, the whole litter. <laughs>
2: It's hundred and one against one.
4: They're somewhere in this village and we're going to find them.
2: But when the one is Cruella de Vil, <laughs> then the odds are even.
4: Peggy, watch out!
2: Walt Disney's 101 Dalmatians. It all adds up to the gift of magic from Disney this Christmas outside Oh ball today. So actually uh,
0: yeah, so let's let's wind the clocks back a bit um, hashtag the Joker and and let's talk about the production for 101 Dalmatians because it's fascinating. This is something that I first learned about when I was studying 2D animation at Brigham Young University. When talking about production for this film, there's one word that you need to remember about 101 Dalmatians and that is Xerox folks. So take you back to night machine. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the copy machine for those of you who don't know what a Xerox is. <laughs> that's true because
4: we don't really have. Yeah, you know, we we have days. we have
0: fans we have fans that um, haven't watched the original Star Wars trilogy. So I for apparently we need to clarify these antiquated <laughs> uh terms. Xerox, 1959. After Sleeping Beauty, Walt Disney. Uh, Feared that he would have to close down the animation department at Disney Studios because apparently Sleeping Beauty failed at the box office. Of course, you know, we don't see that now, you know, but uh, apparently it did poorly. And uh, Walt Disney lamented that he would have to close down Walt Disney Animation, but he really wanted to keep going with it because that's pretty much what Disney was built on in the first place. So enter Ub Iwerks, that is the name of an animator. And co-creator of Mickey Mouse, um, I was about to say Larry the Cable Guy, but it's actually Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. I don't know why that almost came out of my mouth. Ub Iworks was working in their special processes department. He discovered how to use a Xerox copier and basically photocopy the animator's drawings directly onto uh, the transparent animator's cell. So that'd be like the equivalent of filling a copy machine with transparencies and uh, just copy drawings onto them. So what happens in, in uh, cell animation is you have your penciler, your inker, and then your cell painter. And um, the inking process was so time-consuming and expensive that uh, they, they, it basically had to shut down. But what saved Disney Animation Studios is of Iwerx's technique of using the Xerox method to bypass the entire inking process. So if y'all are following me, they use Xerox copiers to basically copy drawings onto animation cells, and then they would go straight into painting. So this made animating literally scores of spotted Dalmatians, spotted hyenas, a lot easier. But it also led to that scratchy pencil line style that you see in Disney animated films from that era. So I'm talking Jungle Book, Aristocats. You guys know what I'm talking about, Chelsea, Morgan?
1: Absolutely. These these Xerox era films have such a unique cool look to them. I I know they did it to save costs and some people complain that it's not as good looking, but for this time period, it's just so iconic that it just added a different flair to it that I love. I love, 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 even though Walt Disney hated it.
0: Oh, totally, totally. Uh, I watched The Making of 101 Dalmatians last night, and he didn't like it at first. He wanted to go back to that classical. He was, he was a romantic. He wanted to go back to that classical, you know, very soft, romantic color and light and emotion design of Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella. It's it's not that they went from an angular character design to a non-angular or, or vice versa. It, it always had that kind of... Angular um, shape form But what happened was that uh, The delicate subtlety Of line work from Sleeping Beauty was gone And you know, on, on your typical uh, Message border on the web uh, Sometimes they'll criticize These films and say well the, the draftsmanship quality isn't that good Dang straight it wasn't but the point is that Iwerks' Xerox method kind of Did save Walt Disney animation So you gotta give him credit for that um, also, it was interesting to notice that the Xerox technique literally copied the animators' drawings onto the big screen, basically. Uh, some of the animators that they, that they were interviewing were saying, wow, without the inking process, this was the first time an actual drawing of mine like, literally ended up on the big screen. And so that meant a couple of things. One, it meant that animators had to have really good draftsmanship. And only just the facts, just the lines that would make it onto the actual character. But at the same time, with these films, you literally get to see the original drawings that the animators made on the final product. So yes, the scratchy lines do are kind of distracting. And actually, in some point, in some shots of 101 Dalmatians, you can see some of the subtle construction lines that the animators use to guide their characters' forms. You know what I'm talking about? It'll be like a line to determine the middle of the face or where the eyes go or where facial features go. They actually show up in a few shots. But to me, that's almost like, that's almost like going to a museum and looking at the artist's Original work. Uh, also, on the flip side, uh, they did shut down the inking department, and uh, hundreds of people lost their jobs. <laughs> so that was a tragedy. But at the same time, it was this was kind of this weird dichotomy of a business choice that did save Disney Animation, in my opinion, and this this humble animation student's opinion. It did get them going and get them through uh, those years. Of course, there was further further decline that led to the Renaissance, but I think it's all part of the bigger picture. And, and and all these points can be debated, but that's that's pretty much what I got out of all this. Long live Ub Iwerks.
1: <laughs> yes, good job, Mason. For, yeah, for doing that. Yeah, so that- um, <laughs> Thank I you, will students. include that that, nice. that featurette the making of Hundred Dalmatians in the show notes so you can watch that at rotoscopers.com/68 but yeah there's it's just so fascinating this process and like we were mentioning um, Walt Disney hated this look he especially did. Um, you know the background scenes because they kind of were able to apply a similar technique to the backgrounds so they weren't yeah. that the classically painted watercolor, whatever. They were a bit more sketchy because they were able to kind of create a cell that had the outlines of the backgrounds. And apparently Walt Disney did not forgive Ken Anderson for doing this. And, you know, Walt Disney wasn't as involved in the movies at this time. Um, And so he was there for kind of like the story pitches, but everything else, it it really wasn't as um, controlling as he was for previous. And so uh, Ken Anderson, who did the backgrounds, said that he felt very depressed, that Walt didn't talk to him. But Walt eventually forgave him in 1966, a few weeks before Walt died. And um, I'm just going to quote it because Anderson has an interview and he says, he looked very sick. I said, gee, it's great to see you, Walt. And he said... You know that thing you did on Dalmatians? He didn't say anything else, but he just gave me this look, and I knew that all was forgiven. And in his opinion, maybe what I did on Dalmatians wasn't so bad. That was the last time I ever saw him. Then a few weeks later, I learned he was gone.
0: The feels. The wow. feels. <laughs> it, 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 that's, that's also kind of a cool little tidbit, talking about the relationship between Walt Disney and his animators and how much Walt cared about the animation. Yes, for me, I love the art style for 101 Dalmatians. Uh, in the in the same documentary, Andreas Deja, animation wonder, described it as Picasso coming to Disney, and I I don't think there could be a, any more of a perfect description. It's very it's very abstract. It's very stylized, but at the same time, it's it's very effective. Like it it looks like London, you know, and al- also not a whole lot of bright, saturated colors in this film. It is very it is very dreary in some mm-hmm. parts. But it's not sad. It's just kind of this kooky, kind of like, almost like those old UPA cartoons from the 1920s, 1930s, where things were starting to get very modern, very abstract in their art forms. And it definitely transfers in. It's it's such a refreshing, awesome tone for the film, in my opinion.
1: Well, and like you said, this was Disney's first modern film set in a modern setting. So it wasn't fantasy. It wasn't whimsical. You couldn't get away with these crazy color palettes because they wanted it to be... Modern And I don't know if necessarily realistic is what they were going for, but more so. And so I think that's why they chose kind of this dreary color palette to represent real life.
0: It, it's funny because if you look at it, I think it was Walt, Dis- Walt Disney had a problem with the the heavy dark line work in the backgrounds. Because if you look at Sleeping Beauty, like those castles are straight up vertical, you know, and and they almost the buildings in London as depicted in 101 Dalmatians are just as straight up and vertically themed so, so it's kind of weird it's like he, he specifically had a problem with the draftsmanship uh, uh, caused by the and they they had a choice whether to use the same lines uh scratchy lines in the backgrounds but uh but ken anderson right um, mm-hmm. He he chose to keep it that way to to make it all come together. And so instead of making it he, and again, that kind of saved it, because instead of looking like a cheap Xerox process to just copy this stuff, he, he brought it all together and and made it its own. It gave, gave the film this personality. Shannon and I were watching this and she made a comment that I she likes the scratchy lines because it makes more of a it, it gives it more of a feeling of motion to the characters. It kind of actually gives more life to them
1: another thing they did on this film is this was the first one where each of the animators didn't have a specific character. It was more of an ensemble Mm. cast, which is what they do today with 3d animated films Um, except the one exception was mark davis he solely worked on cruella de vil and this was his last film that he worked on before he kind of went and started doing more things for the parks like pirates of the caribbean um but really interesting that this was kind of a transition which didn't necessarily stick because later in other eras and decades you know you kind of had your your key animator for certain characters but this one it was kind of there were like i read that you know seven to nine different animators worked on you know pongo or Perdita, which is which is interesting.
0: That is interesting. And because uh, everyone
1: has everyone has a different style, and if what the animator said was true that their designs were really able to come to life exactly as what they put on paper, then I think the differences in style would maybe stand out a little more, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I didn't. Yeah.
1: Know, I never noticed differences in animation when I was watching this, like oh, I do, yeah. for example, in Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, where I can definitely tell where the lead animator was on it versus this one. I Never have noticed any discrepancies.
0: Well, I may be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that seven out of the nine old men then they weren't not old men, but seven of the seven out of the nine <laughs> that sounds so lonely. Middle-aged men, yeah, um, worked on this film, and so the animation department was in good hands. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. We had the nine old men, so basically they're experts and geniuses, anyway. So right, and so the majority
0: of college. the majority <laughs> of them worked on on this film, and so um, you know I. I love it. It's it's a perfect blend of, of naturalistic uh, methods applied to the human characters, until Cruella. She has like this terrifying demon, demonic metamorphosis at the very end. <laughs> Th- those eyes still get me. And then uh, you have this abstract um, kind of exaggeration for the uh, the animals, especially Pongo. He has the he has some of the best facial expressions.
3: I really enjoyed Pongo's just his personality. It...
0: Oh. Pongo's such a good guy. He's a straight-up guy. Yeah. <laughs> Spectacular opening credits. Talk about modern.
1: <gasps> these opening credits, I love these opening credits. I remember I'd watch this movie at, when I was little, and normally the, you were bored by the opening credits, but I would loved watching these, and never fast forwarded through it because it was so interesting and fun and abstract, and the music. I love the music. George Bruns, who's just incredible. I love him so much. And he did, you know, you can definitely hear Jungle Book esque in this because he has a very unique style. You know, he has that oboe. But um, yes, opening credits.
3: Huge win. I love, I always remember loving that part. I mean, so many of them, it's kind of like how I really loved watching the opening credits for Robin Hood. I mean, it was just something funny. Like, <laughs> like they were just, it was kind of like a, its own little cartoon.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like a, an expo of the skills of the animators. Cause one of the first things you see is this giant screen filled with Dalmatians barking Dalmatians.
3: Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, the power of Xerox right there. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Xerox. <laughs> Thank you, Xerox.
1: Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. (laughs) When I was first watching this, you know, then they go and it's just a lazy afternoon. Um, Roger is tinkling away at the piano. Perfect. And Pongo is yawning, sitting in the bay window, looking out and saying, the bachelor life is not a life for me. And says, you know what? He's not going to do anything about it. So I am. And then proceeds probably one of my favorite scenes in this movie where he's trying to pick a mate. Um, He said, the bachelor life, it was downright dull. Um, And then, you know, where I love in these dog movies where the dogs refer to their owners as their pets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I could not see a reason why my pet didn't deserve an attractive mate. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And so my favorite scene is when he's looking out the window, looking at prospects. And it's just, you know, the classic you know, your dog looks like you, or you look like your dog, or somehow over time you morph into looking like your dog. <laughs> and so, you know, we kind of talked about this before, but there's the the artist, an unusual breed, you know, the long hair in the face, and then there's the stubby pug lady with the short little legs, uh, the fashionista. Coco, get down here! Coco? She's very oh, yeah, high maintenance. Funny. She would not have worked well
3: with living with Pongo and...
1: There's a fancy breed, yeah. Perhaps a bit too fancy. <laughs> yes, too fancy. Too old, too young. Like that monologue is just—it's so problem. great. A
3: real problem.
1: Ah, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> and so you're seeing like, oh man. And in reality—it's he's looking for a mate for himself this whole time, mm-hmm. you know. And and so yep. then pa- then Perdita and Anita walk by, and he's stricken by a, by a Perdita is, because he she's is a Dalmatian. Stricken. <laughs> that too
0: totally struck but,
1: but you know they're walking by and of course it's like oh, another dalmatian perfect she's great and he's like what about the girl and he looks up he's like well she's not half bad too <laughs> let's get this
0: done <laughs> i love it first of all anita is uh she's got the hipster look down perfectly <laughs> and she didn't even know it yet the people do like the hey it's a mashup. disney princesses as hipsters well even though Anita's not a princess she like she, she never gets a mention, you know, but she's got it's it naturally true. down. You don't need a mashup on your DeviantArt to do that.
1: <laughs> totally, Man, if I weren't being Sailor Venus for Halloween, I would totally be Anita because she's bomb. Maybe I could uh, do some Disney bounding as Anita because her outfit's kind of a, a real day outfit. That is.
0: We definitely don't do enough cosplay on this podcast.
3: <laughs> How do you know I'm not cosplaying it up right now?
0: turn on
1: your camera and show us (laughs) i'm not (laughs) called your bluff okay so then you know this this whole opening scene is perfect you know he's they're going to the park so pongo has to find a way to get to the park and so then so what does he do
0: he yanks roger all the way over there but but, but first but first he does all these awesome things
1: he's a genius dog he's perfect (laughs) You know, he changes the clock and he moves the clock cads and, <laughs> and then he starts so barking, barking with the leash and, and Roger's like, what? Wow. After five already. After five already. It doesn't, you know, he looks at his watch and he's like, okay, well, that's not what I have, but let's go. And he winds <laughs> it to fit the other one. So, great. <laughs> So then, you know, I love the visual of Pongo pulling, because we've all seen dogs like that, pulling <laughs> so hard with all their might. And the owners are just like, oh, you're too strong for me. And, you know, searching the park, each little pathway, each little venture, trying to see, are they there? Are they there? Are they there? And then we kind of revisit some of the other dogs from earlier. Um and, and I love when they're looking at the uh, artist dog and and Pongo and, and Roger's just sitting there like admiring the artist's work and then he gets yanked away. <laughs> it's great. Like, this whole scene is just, it's really fun. Well, and then he finally finds
3: Anita and Perdita and he's like, all right, change it, change it up, act all cool. Okay. And we walk. <laughs> it's so great.
0: I like how Perdita. What do you it do in a new. time
3: like this? Strap.
0: <laughs> Perdita totally doesn't buy it at first. Yeah, she's I know. just going to eat it.
1: Perdita is an amazing, nice dog. She's sitting there. The owner's reading her book. She's sitting. She's not impressed. And Pongo's like, crap, this isn't working. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but for some strange le- reason.
1: She, they left.
2: <laughs>
1: wonder yeah. why. <laughs> Noisy, yeah. annoying dog. Yeah. Woof, woof, woof. So then Pongo's like, heck no um you're not getting away from me and then he runs and he ties them up and you can tell anita's super irritated and then the worst happens and they fall into the water
0: oh Aww. man
1: but yeah, perdita she
0: perdita like wants to save anita but at the same time she just kind of you know ruins her clothes jane what was that
3: oh my new spring suit and my new hat
0: please just go away
3: <laughs> for real,
1: she's like,
0: <laughs> great start to a first date. <laughs> Just go away.
1: But what <laughs> saves it? The, the hanky.
0: The hanky.
1: Here,
3: take mine. <laughs> and then How is that funny? That was the thing that when I was because growing because both like,
0: of theirs are cuz he cared both... he cared he cared he cared for her so he he gave her his handkerchief but they're, they're both soggy. So I mean, what are they going <laughs> to <No>. do? <laughs> And Anita's pretty good natured. I mean, that was a pretty, pretty good, pretty black early black flag for red flag (laughs) for uh, for Roger.
1: (laughs) Well, the next thing we um, okay, so then you know, then they start laughing, and then Pongo's like, "Yes, this is gonna work," and then that gives Perdita the okay that okay, you know, now I can like you, and (laughs) and then Hugh. Pongo's googly eyes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: They like flop up and down, kind of like a lava lamp. It's like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> And then fade into the and church gotta... scene. Um, are they not popular? They have no friends. No one's there. Did, did they, they just, elope? did they elope?
3: That's what I was thinking. I always thought that they eloped, maybe. But at the same time, like, why would you elope like that? I don't know. I don't know. Like you know what? Another
0: backstory...
3: Well, normally when people elope, they go to like a courthouse or something like that. But this one, they actually went to a church. They're classy. They're classy, yes. But I'm thinking, if you're gonna go to the trouble of going to the church, you might as well invite a few friends.
0: Now I'm not sure because um, maybe it's just a different angle, you know, in the church.
1: They just I don't know. It's kind of weird. We haven't
0: learned about the backstory. There's not enough character development. I'm just kidding.
1: So, spring forward, who knows how many weeks or months ahead, and Perdita's pregnant.
3: <laughs> there she goes. <laughs>
0: hey, it's the way, it's the circle of life.
3: So, I love that fact that they're in this little little cottage. Not a cottage, but it's like a townhouse. It's a little
1: slat, yeah.
3: It's like a townhouse type thing, but it looks so cute. And I like how Pongo's like, it's just perfect for two couples just starting out. I'm like, that's so cute. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. And, okay, this is what I don't understand. They talk about how they're just starting out. He's kind of like this poor musician. You understand from what Cruella says later that they, this shack that you call a home or whatever she says, that they don't have much money. If that's the case, why do they have a housekeeper? How Mm -hmm. can they afford a housekeeper? Maybe she's just doing it for room and board. I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit suspicious to me, okay? (laughs) It's a bit suspicious. Unless that's just what everyone has, like, oh, even if you're super poor, you have a housekeeper because that's just what you do in London in 1960s, but I'm a bit suspicious. So, anyways. Um, And what is her name? Nanny. Nanny. Yeah, just Nanny. Um, uh, So, then we move on to... Uh, he's writing his songs and he sings, you know, Cruella is at the door and he's he kind of has this melody first, my dear, and then the lyrics. So he's working on the melody and then discovers the perfect lyrics just for him.
3: <laughs> Cruella de Vil, Cruella Deville. And like right as she's coming up, so spider like up to the window of the door. It's very nice.
1: <laughs> so I have this soundtrack, and you know what I love is that they have a demo of the song, which I I'll sing a little bit, and then we'll play the song so you guys can hear it. But it's um it's called Cruella Deville nonsense version, and it starts. Nobody likes you. Everybody yes. <laughs> Cruella Deville, you are a monster, nothing but a monster. Cruella Deville. You are mean through and through Everyone says fooey and you And nobody <laughs> loves you, everybody hates you Cruella DeVille So I'll play that so people can hear the real version
2: Nobody loves you, everybody hates you Cruella DeVille You are a monster, nothing but a monster Cruella DeVille you are mean, through and through Everyone says fooie on you And nobody loves you, everybody hates you Cruella de Yeah, nobody loves you, everybody hates you Cruella de You are a monster, nothing but a monster Cruella de Oh, You're so mean, through and through Everyone says fooie on you And nobody loves you, everybody hates you Cruella de
3: isn't that oh hilarious? Oh my gosh. I remember when you gave me that, like forever ago, we were sharing Disney songs. And
1: I just remember hearing that thinking, what the crap is this? Mm hmm. Awesome. That's, there's a reason why it was cut. <laughs> there, there's a reason why that ended up on the floor. <laughs> but it's a cute little song. It's clearly not any Cruella de Vil. Cruella no. Deville. It's not as catchy, but. Definitely not. Yeah. I, what I love about Cruella DeVille at the very end is how Cruella DeVille ends up being this huge, um, because of her, because she gets caught and because it's so publicized, this thing of stealing the puppies. Well, that, wait, did she get caught at that point?
3: Because I don't, in the current movie, or in the. Oh. Because they don't, she just like goes off the side of the road.
1: And, so, yeah. It like makes well, no sense. That doesn't make any sense now that I think about it.
3: But in the live-action video, it's like they make her the villain in the her in their video game.
1: Great villain, oh, yeah. mate. <laughs> but, uh, I would be suing if I were her. Yeah. You better believe it.
3: <laughs> and I always thought in the live-action, why didn't they just use the song idea? Because I really liked the song idea better. But they really wanted to go with the great villain, mate. Um, video game, I guess, to be more current of the video game standards.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think Cruella Deville is an excellent villain. Where does she rank for y'all as far as Disney villains go?
1: I don't know she's
0: really nasty she's
1: she she's just she's nasty in a real life way mm-hmm she's super rude too like what
0: <laughs> no kidding Office. Anita and her bashful Beethoven <laughs> pipe and all <laughs> and Roger's just staring at her puffing. <laughs> that seems great
1: yes I don't, I don't understand how they're friends. Like it's. Says... I don't know. Yeah.
0: Trivia, trivia. Where does how does Anita know Cruella?
3: It says I'll... that they know her from school, but it's like, what? Why would they off, were,
0: Maybe they were roommates. First maybe she off, became the overly attached roommate.
1: Well, that like, looks like she's
0: off of everyone.
1: Cruella looks like she's twenty years older than Anita. How and, is that uh, even? She's had, she's had a lot of work done, or I mean, <laughs> the white hair. But she's I do smoking. not believe that they were uh, these you know, college pals. Yeah. But that's what we're, that's what we're given. So.
0: Maybe well, Cruella was like a professor and she went, cr- and they, they <laughs> fired her from tenure because uh, of her, her radical notions of, of slaying puppies for fur.
3: Yeah. I, it, uh, that's really giving her
0: really way much credit.
3: I do like the exposition in the live action version. It really does set up the, the relationship between Anita and Cruella. And also the reason why Cruella would want a Dalmatian puppy fur
1: mm-hmm.
3: Like it just uh, The dialogue there like really Builds it in like as to why I am going to buy puppies For a Dalmatian coat Like here it doesn't It just says that she, I worship furs. After all is there A wretched world who doesn't And it like shows the smoke going around The picture of Dogs. Pongo and Prita. So Perdita. So you do get it <laughs> <laughs> but Perdido, it's a new a new <laughs> version of, of <laughs> chips.
0: <laughs> she, she, she I thought it.
3: of that exactly right when I said
0: it too. I was like, oh, switch now. Dang she's it. she's terrible, Anita's like, how are you, Karula? Oh, miserable, darling, as usual, perfectly wretched. They lost this wretched, wretched pen. <laughs> um, she's she's very scathingly rude. I, I love her um her standoff with Roger. You know, never what we're not not selling the puppies not a single one of them
2: Aww, do I make strange. myself clear
0: she's like you all right take the little beast for all I care do what you want with him drown them I warn you Anita we're through I'm through of all of you you'll be sorry you fools you you idiots boy every everybody calls each other an idiot yes in this movie everyone <laughs> it must does. be a British thing
3: even even Roger calls Pongo an idiot
1: Oh, like they, it's just,
3: this is the word of the of the movie. Everyone calls each other an idiot.
1: Well, in the last movie we watched All Dogs Go to Heaven, everyone said stupid. And in this oh, movie, everyone, stu- everyone yeah. says idiot. There
0: Did we go. So we're on our filthy language uh, track <laughs> on the road. <laughs> the, uh, next episode will be Fritz the cat. So better uh, oh. lock up your kids for that one. Oh. oh, man. It's like the running joke of the. Movie we're never gonna do. <laughs> but actually, in general, okay. This this movie's really good. For one, you got a great antagonist, a great villain, excellent villain, mate. But you've got the suspense, and you really care about these puppies because they're they're you know fifteen puppies, and then and then fourteen. We lost one, hmm. and you're like, no. It really pulls at your heart, and then um, the old you know the old uh, massage the puppy until it revives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thing actually my, my dad literally did that to a a, ki- a kitten who he called it jump starting he calls it jump starting the the kitten or the the puppy so we just uh, kind of give him a little jump. just a little agitation to get him going
1: yeah this movie introduced me to the fact that yeah you can jump start a, a newborn pup good to know <laughs> <laughs> i will lock that away for later
0: yeah so was that lucky or Rolly? i don't know cuz there's a couple of named that was lucky dalmatian puppies
1: Yes, can you oh, name there are six names. Do you know what they are?
0: Do you, do you hear that freckles? Dad wants us to get dirty.
1: Mother, should we?
0: So we got freckles, mhm, lucky. Um Ooh, Penny? I'm Penny. That's not a real one. Yes, yes
1: there, there is. is. Yes, right, it is. Wow.
0: Penny. All right, two against one here. Okay, that's four.
1: You have two more.
0: Two more. Um uh flimflam.
1: <laughs> no. Uh
0: spotty, rova. <laughs> you there, Rover, Spotty. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know.
1: Patch, oh yeah. Oh,
0: Patch, you duh. See Patch
1: in there. And Pepper. Pepper. At what point I, do
0: remember, I don't remember Pepper. Pepper.
1: Pepper is one of the six that are named in this movie. I can't tell you at this moment where it's named, but. Huh. All right well, then. All right. So trust me. Cool. Speaking trust of... in me. That's all we do in this podcast in... is we just trust each other. And then we just get emails it. about it and they're like, um, you know what? Well, actually. <laughs> and then I'm like, dang it, hurry, cut that out of the podcast before poor, more people know. And then we have to re-release it. The so... loss,
0: damage control, damage control.
1: <laughs> the like public said, doesn't need to know. Like when I said that Up was Pixar's first ever, first and only movie to be animated for Best Picture, Wrong. <laughs> Apparently, toy <Wrong>. right. Embarrassing.
0: <laughs> oh man, I bet you got some. We got some backlash for that one. Actually, well, it, we we joke about it, but we love it when our fans correct us because that helps us get better, and it means that our fans truly care about us in animation. Mm-hmm. It
1: shows that they're listening. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: oh, yeah. Thanks for paying attention. We win. See how we turn that. <laughs> see how we turn that around. We have <laughs> so the power. The-
1: so the puppies um, are born, like we talked about, and jump started, and then they are, you know, your typical modern kids obsessed with the TV.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, old Thunder! I I I love that TV show so much. I love it when it looks like it's curtains for Old Thunder, and then uh, it's like he'll he'll pull out of it. He's just got it, and then I love. That, this is my favorite mo- moment in the movie, that look that Thunder gives when he's alive and he, like, grins and looks back <laughs> at the bad guy. That's, like, the funniest thing ever. I don't know why. Oh, oh, backtrack, backtrack. Um, Is the what? flower animation, is that the villains watching that or is that what the –
1: No, that's the, later. you are
0: watching the flowers dancing? That's okay. later. What's my crime? Oops, gave away the trivia again. Wait. Okay, so never mind. Backslash the backtrack. First of all, I love uh, how they're all getting scared when the bad, big bad guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> comes <laughs> after. It's, it's so cute. funny. I love that stuff. Old Thunder, <laughs> come on, Thunderbolt.
2: Come on. Canine thun- crunchies
1: can't be beat. They make each meal a special treat. <laughs> <laughs> You can be a champion too If you eat canine crunchies Now Caribbean. remember Friends Who remember friends. that song? What famous vi- Disney per- person I guess I don't know if this person did very much But they did a voice Who voiced it? I don't know
0: Walt Disney <laughs>
1: <laughs> It is actually Lucille Bliss Who voiced Anastasia in Cinderella
0: Oh, oh you're kidding me
1: I'm not kidding you
0: That makes sense Screechy so, voice
1: I, well, I, you would think, like, hmm, Anastasia, oh, I wouldn't let her sing.
0: They hit each other with a flute. That's got to hurt so bad. <laughs> Any, anyway, good tangent. But yeah, that's really cool. I, I love the guy at the edge. And I remember, friends, just send five. She likes it, turns it off. <laughs> I also like their, uh, he'll get that yellow liver, livered. Uh, where did you hear such talk? <laughs> Certainly not from your mother. <laughs> anyway, I I love that. And then uh, we better uh, better get it out soon if we're going to go on the W-A-L-K. It's like the same trick we use against our, our dogs. <laughs> I ha- We have to spell out certain words for Jane because she's smart. She'll pick up on words like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I love how the puppies are like, yeah, we know what that means. Can yeah, we, we know come?
0: what that means. Can we want to go on the walk, too.
1: And uh could you imagine walking 15 puppies? First off, I that's an adventure. I would love to do that, but at the same time having to do that every day. Oh. Yeah, when well,
0: I there's people that do that.
3: Yeah, when I lived in New York, one of my roommates was actually a professional dog walker. So, yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's it was funny to watch her. She would like <laughs> yeah, she she would go to all these like really ritzy places and pick up their dogs and she would just be off with like five or six at a time and then there were a couple days when she had a couple more.
0: Yeah, in Argentina that's a popular profession also, like in the city. And for and I don't know how they do it, but they get all the dogs to behave. It's nuts.
1: Hmm. Mm. Interesting.
0: Most in most interesting indeed. And then uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, Roger and Anita are walking by by that by the moving van and uh, the newspaper comes down and it's like, oh, yep, bad guys right there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Introduce I love our how um, Roger's
0: legs don't even fit in that. That uh, We're from the gas company, electric, electric, electric company. <laughs>
1: Has a typo. <laughs> I love that on their briefcase, <laughs> there's like a little like carrot to insert a symbol and they insert an R. I'm like, oh, right. Real, real convincing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love good, good evening, madam. madam We're here to fix the wiring and the switches. Yeah. I don't
1: care who you are. You're not coming in here. Not with the uh, what- Mr. and the Mrs. gone.
0: Uh, i i love their their hostile takeover of the house they just it's so funny (laughs) roger's (laughs) laugh it's so funny
1: can i just say this movie is very very quotable as i was watching i was like wow i know every line and every line in here is perfect for some (laughs) sort of quote some sort of this or that it's on the level
0: she's a right little daughter (laughs) <laughs> what did she say?
1: Uh, sh- this is on the level of uh, Robin Hood, in my opinion. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty close.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I knew it. They went off, They made off. I bet they made off with the good silver. I bet they took every last... <gasps> the puppies! <laughs> They're gone! <laughs> the Patch, puppies Lucky, Rolly! <laughs> <laughs> Those scoundrels, they stole the puppies!
1: Police! Again, I'm not quite sure how they can afford these puppies if they were struggling as it is and they're not selling them that's the crazy thing they're like just like to stick it to cruella it's like we're keeping the puppies well yeah and then that's that's the other thing it's like
3: at that age is when the puppies would probably be sold off anyway maybe a little bit too soon because later on when they're they refer to them as the little ones yes they're the little ones what about that batch of little ones over there so maybe a little too soon but they
1: still would have been gone anyway if they were you know in my house <laughs> um are you kidding me you have 15 purebred dalmatian puppies exactly. and you're not you're not capitalizing on this foolish oh uh, foolish
0: one th- one thing's for sure they're uh, they're at the age when they can start peeing all over the place and so <laughs> oh. i cannot even imagine the workload for nanny but she apparently <laughs> likes it she thinks they're adorable exactly yeah
1: we love those we serve
0: so anyway, uh, the, the the Pongos, the, the pingos, the Pongos—they they—they look to help in the London dog community. And there's a, a thing called the Twilight Bark. I like the Great Dane.
1: Oh, that's just a gossip chain.
0: <laughs> we'll be standing by, bye, bye.
1: The Great Dane is awesome, along I with the little dog. Tell me, Daddy. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally. The perfect character of a little scrappy dog. Because they're like that. They like jump up and down, they get super excited. Tell me, Daddy! Tell me! Tell me
0: (laughs) Fifteen dalmatian puppies. Stolen.
1: I feel like you should be wearing a monocle or something.
0: (laughs) Oh no, that would be old that'd be old Towser. It's an alert. I I um this okay, this uh this sequence is really cool. Well, one, uh, you get the the funny thing where uh, Pongo is trying to get on the Twilight Bark, but Roger doesn't want him to do it. a <laughs> um, great um,
1: animation of a dog.
0: <laughs> can you, okay, oh. trivia time, can you can you guess the uh, crossover cameos in this sequence, the Twilight Bark sequence? Yes. Okay, let's see <laughs> here. It's from
1: Lady and the Tramp.
0: Okay, Who, who's in it?
1: Okay, there is, uh, the first one is... Is Jacques very obviously? He's like, Yeah. <laughs> then, um, he's like, Peg... Oh snap, <laughs> Peg and that bulldog are in um, the puppies. Whoa, da, the... Da.
0: okay.
1: But like, it bothers me because the animation of the other, like, nondescript brown and other white puppies? puppies in there are just animation of the Dalmatian puppies reused. And I'm like, Oh <laughs> no, we're, we're, it's stars, so it yeah, and, and then, um, Lady and Tramp apparently can be seen. At the very, very end, but it's like their I think I think it's,
0: I yeah. think it's just Lady. Oh, okay. You, you can see Lady for just a second. She has her back to the camera, and then she turns around. You can t- totally see that as Lady. I don't know about Tramp. I'd have to double check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't also,
1: quote I... us on that, people. Don't.
0: Also, quote I didn't know this, but uh, apparently Roger and Pongo are in Oliver and Company.
1: I did yeah, not know. That. I remember something like that. Hey, I'm we're gonna, veering gonna... away from our current episode to a future episode.
0: Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. We won't
1: have any good material. Just kidding. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're totally in it. Uh, anyway, yeah, so the Twilight Bark, uh, I love it when all when you, you get the huge wide shot and all of London is in chaos with these dogs barking. He's like, there's, a, there's one guy, ah, shut up. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're <Canine> going be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> See, so many so great funny.
0: scenes.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then we yeah. realize
3: how big Canine Crunchies actually is. It's the largest neon
1: sign there at Piccadilly's.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, exactly. it's totally a thing.
1: Either they, they produce in that town, or it's just a really big deal. They got a lot of dogs there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it goes all the way out to, um, not Dimpsford, but it, you go all the way out to some obscure farmhouse where the where the place is. Hell Hole. Uh, first of all, it's Dead Giveaway. That's where the villain lives. <laughs> the police are like, uh, there's this place called Hell Hole out in the boonies. And they're like, yeah, we'll skip over that. <laughs> it's like, what? How inept is Scotland Yard? Super inept. But anyway.
1: If I have a giant mansion, you better believe I'm going to name my house. I'm going to name it Hell Hall.
0: <laughs> Hell oh my Hall, gosh. Hall It's great. Look, like, spoken, <laughs> spoken by a true Slytherin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm not a true Slytherin. That's the thing.
0: You're Slytherin's heir. Embrace it. <laughs> um, You know you had a crush on Malfoy.
1: No, so, no. never, never did anything huh. for me.
0: Oh, it's the hair, isn't it? So yeah, I I love the characters out on the farm. Oh, first of all, um, okay, um, Captain the horse, Thrill Ravenscroft, the voice of Tony the Tiger, and and various voices in the parks and other Disney films, uh, voiced which character? And that is Captain. Captain. Um, the 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 biggest Thrill Ravenscroft moment for me is is on the train around uh, Walt Disney World. You, you can totally hear him talking. But yeah, so that's a little little bits and pieces there. We also learned that Tibbs. Was not always a man sergeant, he was a woman sergeant. That's cool, it's cool. I like Tibbs. Fire one. <laughs>
3: That's a great scene.
0: Fire two!
3: This scene specifically reminds me of Home Alone.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Home Alone, like do-it-yourself, <laughs> uh, do-it-yourself mayhem in this movie. Yeah. We'll hold them off to the bitter end. Whee! <laughs>
1: Not bad. Not bad. So um the Twilight Bark actually works. They have to stand by. <gasps> Maybe they found something.
0: Please stand by. <laughs> <laughs> they found
1: something. <laughs> oh I hope so.
0: Oh, that's fun. I mean, there's so much good good moments in this film, so quotable.
1: Quotant quotables. Quotant I made that word up So okay So then Sergeant Tibbs Sends over And holy puppies I love Horace and Jasper Just like Shooting the breeze Not doing anything Chilling Watching TV <laughs> You know Eating about,
0: spam Watching What's My Crime
1: <laughs> It's how a That
3: place would be First off It's old uh, it,
2: And it's probably just it dilapidated,
3: dilapidated. It was... Yeah But that's before They got there Yeah Like think of how bad It is now That they have 99 puppies in there
2: Mm-hmm.
0: hey i got 99 puppies but <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> but
1: so ain't one of them. when they're watching the tv and that flower like t- sequence comes on uh most people yeah, um, think that it is the disney short flowers and trees from 1932 that is incorrect ah. it's a short called springtime from 1929 Ooh. so you know you gotta cross promote your old stuff you know
0: very good very that, good
1: I, you know i it, that'd be interesting if they put that springtime short uh, as like a bonus feature on the shorts. I don't think it is, but for the future blu-ray list because this is not released on blu-ray in the United States, they should include that because that's
0: awesome. Uh, g- given how much uh, the DVD people at Disney and blu-ray people love their fans, not um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't expect that to be part of the content, but you never know. Well,
1: come you on, know. it doesn't even require producing anything new.
0: It's just, it's just, but it's just click, clear. drag and drop.
1: <laughs> yeah. Literally. your giant database <laughs> online.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they go straight into a, uh, what's my crime?
1: Oh, awesome. <laughs> I
0: think it's, um, I think that's amazing. It's, it's old meathead. <laughs> old oh, meathead, <Ted> <laughs> So Apparently they know this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which makes I makes even always... better.
3: I always assumed he was an accomplice in one of their schemes that went awry and like he's the
1: one that got caught but not Oh that's them. funny. It always bothered yeah, me that it's... we never found out what his crime was. Did um, you Did you do blood? Someone... In. It's like, did you say kill someone? She's like really we're awkward about out it. Of
0: time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like. Um, I think it's so funny that they like animated the entire segment, and they're like, "How long? Uh, how long were you at large?" Or how? He's like, he's like count. He's like counting his, how long his sentence was, and he's like having a really hard time <laughs> counting on his fingers. <laughs> oh,
1: uh, do you guys know what what this is a parody of? Uh,
0: I think it's "What's My Line," although Abs- I'm not really familiar r- with it. Yes.
1: Yep. What's like my line was kind of similar, where you had to figure out their occupations or what they did, and it's kind of similar. But this was more focused to what crime you committed. And I loved like what? at the very end, it's like, oh, if he, if no one guesses it, he gets a, a trip to this place. After you've served your time to society, of
0: course. After you've paid your debt to society, <laughs> that's so
1: funny. That his face is like, oh, <laughs>
0: that's so funny. I, I love how they just included that brilliant sequence. What's my crime would be an interesting game show, although I, I don't, I don't believe in, in giving, you know. 15 minutes of fame to criminals but I, I just think it's a funny concept to have it that they're watching what's my crime and they're like talking making comments on the guys they know that are on it <laughs>
1: so good Sometimes, so good times
0: and then um the police are everywhere i want the job done tonight you know but they ain't big enough that's why i got a hundred of them <laughs> to make yeah. one for one well, fur coat
1: well she's not making one she's making a few do you yeah. did you notice that
0: Oh no no! Tell me. She
1: mentions it. She's like, "What? Well, how many can we get out of these? Like, if we do it now, uh, so it seems like she's kind of creating like a production line, so she can either like have a few of these coats, sell them. I don't know. Sell them on the
0: black market. Ooh, diabolical.
1: That would be a black market right there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, but that ain't big enough. Do you have any chloroform? Not a drop. And no ether. I- either.
3: Either. <laughs>
0: I I love um. Yeah, I think it's funny. I, I love Roger's line. Come on, we'll round up the little beast before you can say "box your uncle." Box your uncle. <laughs> Am <laughs> no, I missing? these Britishisms. Bob's your
1: uncle, isn't it? Bob's your uncle. Yeah, Bob's your uncle.
0: Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Or box your uncle. No, B O B. Where's William Hardine when you need it? When you need a... him?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they, yeah, they they escape out of Hellhole, and then it's personal. Because Pongo and Perdita bust in and what do we got here? A couple of spotted hyenas. <laughs> you hold the you hold them off, Horace. I'll be I'll bring in the rear. <laughs> he just gets hit on the head and then he, they get bit on the butt. Like they really they really get the treatment. They get, really get a work over by treatment. Pongo and Perdita. And, and Pongo and Perdita like so savage and angry in this part. Don't mess mm-hmm. with you know, Mama Bear. do not mess with Mama Bear. And then and then it's personal. Roger and uh, G- Jasper and Horace. Oh, we'll get the little snakes if it's the last thing I do. And so the the chase is on, and then you get to this cool, you get to kind of this kind of exodus, as it were, for all one hundred and fourteen or one hundred and fifteen <laughs> puppies. I love mm-hmm. the farmhouse. There's a uh, uh, yes. Oh, is it a collie? Is it a border collie? Yeah. It's like Fabio Kingsley <laughs> model collie. Totally. It's like I'll be standing by. <laughs> that, that, that's Benedict Cumberbatch right there. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I say that because um, I say that because um, my aunt and uncle their family had a border collie and he was so um he was so majestic that we named him uh regal. fabio we named him kingsley but his nickname was fabio <laughs>
1: nice because we
0: wanted him to be that that male model that's on all the all the romance novel covers
1: majestic regal lovable, regal, lovable. That's yes me to yes
0: a cuddly <laughs> that's me to a t <laughs> and, uh, and uh i love the um they they get their supply of milk from the night from the milk cows. They we're just oh so tickled, you know, to be visited by a hundred, you know. Babies.
1: If I were these cows, they? I totally would give my milk to the the Dalmatians because I would totally be laughing my tail off when the farmer comes in in the morning. Is like, <laughs> hey, all these what cows the are what bloody dry? heck happened here? <laughs> What's all these weird footprints? <laughs> That is funny. It was the wear rabbits again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cheese, grommet. <mate. laughs> nice, nice.
1: I was reading that originally this scene um, was was like it received a lot of criticism at the time because it was deemed inappropriate for My. a children's film that the the dogs would be sucking a cow's teat. Not appropriate, oh,
0: brother. Every <laughs> cow of chicken episode is worse than this. Um. <laughs>
3: Well, you notice it's after this point in time, like they've they're going and they're you know just miserable in the cold and nastiness, and then they finally go into this place where they get the milk. But after this, the chase scene is quickened quite considerably. Like, ah, just get them to the next town, ah, just get them a ride, ah, just well, get them home. <laughs> I,
0: I love, yeah, I love the idea where I, I love the idea where, um, where they make it to Dinsford. Um, Didn't see you in dance fight. And then the Labrador say, that is an idea. Um, <laughs> it's it's great because they go on this little odyssey and they're all helped by the by dog kind. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's no evil dog who's like, Whoa, you know, imagine of Steel. Imagine if steel, imagine if steel is a this movie. All dogs are pure
1: hearted and they all go uh, to they're heaven. Naturally
0: kind, <laughs> except for steel. Yeah. Um,
1: and and the most
0: magnanimous, the, the, the most, the most fantabulous. You rock. Um, but anyway, um, imagine if Steele was in this movie. They run into him. He'd be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna help those little creeps. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn him in for money." <laughs> Sorry, my, my Jim Cummings just, just, yeah, it just Turns goes it all over poop the very place very often. Just all, <laughs> I'm just excited all the time. <laughs> but anyway, under your thumb, goof. But anyway, I think every episode, every, <laughs> like the last five episodes, lot. I've had a Jim Cummings <laughs> moment. Hey, I'm practicing for my video. Okay,
1: yay! And
0: then, um, and then, um,
1: well, you got one oh, down. I, Shit!
0: Yeah. <laughs> ding! And then the the Labrador, you get your Labrador scheme. But after that, you get this amazing suspenseful moment when they're like, "She's looking at us, Dad." Yeah,
3: that was creepy. Like. At, oh,
0: how did Cruella not understand what was going on? She's like, "Okay, I'm counting over over 99 dogs that that just happened to be looking at me really suspiciously. Uh, should should we apprehend them, or, or, or should we just stand here? Be rude not to. You know, it's just like one of those moments.
1: I love Where, it. Yeah, let's all roll in the sun. We'll all become labradors. Can mother, we, mother, should we?
0: Better do what your father says. This will be fun. I was wanting to get good and dirty, and that's where Xerox comes in. You have these fantastic shots of the same animation over and over, <laughs> rolling in the soot. Although apparently um, the, the Xerox uh, worked for the lines, but apparently the spots were all hand painted. Um, quick trivia on the spots: Do you do you know how many spots each puppy has?
1: Eighty-five. Thirty-two.
0: Thirty-two is right. Wow. There's over six million spots that appear in this film. Apparently, well, um, someone, yeah.
1: someone sued the company for Carpal Tunnel. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, believe you me. Uh, if, yeah, if, if all those old animators sued, collectively sued Disney for Carpal Tunnel, I they'd be done for it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Pongo apparently has about 72. Perdita has less because men should have more than women. Uh, it's a known fact. And uh, over six million <laughs>
1: spots. I'm just kidding. What the heck? You were going to let that slide by and keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry sorry that's my troll moment
1: yes anyway those uh, those new to the podcast mason is our resident
0: (laughs) mason is our resident sexist bigot Uh, i'm I'm just kidding (laughs) misogynist. anyway um the uh so yeah 32 spots and the way they the way they got all the spots right was they Um, they memorized the spot patterns as if they were constellations and they were just like okay uh, the first spot's here then I have to go here geographically and then here so they just kind of transitioned that into 3d form and and that's how they did it It, it's kind of like it's kind of like the bubble story for Little Mermaid how all of the bubble painting was outsourced yeah to Asia I think uncharted Asia but yeah spots and so uh then you get the – I love that little musical score when they're walking and the snow is melting. It's like bum beem bum beep, bum beep, beep, mm-hmm. you know? And then the game is on. It's, it's someone gets totally sh- sloshed by the snow. And then, uh, lucky. And then they, yeah, Lucky does, I guess. Not so Lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Lucky's name Lucky because Lucky's the one who survived, no? I... And he also has a horseshoe on his backside. Oh, oh, right. Okay,
0: that I makes sense. That. That makes I sense. assumed that. Yeah, and then they, they, hop, they hop into a moving van, which may or may not be headed for London. I don't understand. Oh, so the, doesn't, the, doesn't the Labrador tell him that they should get on the moving van? hmm He's like a logistics. He's like a dog logistics expert.
3: My pet is a grocer.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And then the game is on. The, 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 one of the best lines: "Watch what you trying to do, crazy woman driver." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even in the '60s, men hated women. driving. Yeah,
0: speaking of speaking of um you know, speaking of misogyny. Uh, speaking of um quotes that I like to quote almost on a daily basis. <laughs> okay, I don't complain about drivers in our family. Shanna Shanna's very outspoken on the on the road, and and I just I just lead it. I just. I just um lead in with a with a with that quote <laughs> <laughs> Crazy woman driver What <laughs> I I love it. I love it. And this is I love it when um de Deville's determination. First of all, do you know the story on how they animated the cars? Pray tell. Real quick, real quick. They um well they they figured out they could transfer lines from the animators drawings onto on animation cells so uh, they kind of did this crazy little rotoscoping technique it was not not really but kind of where they they made these model cars for the um, for the characters but they made them all whitewashed but they drew literally drew contour lines onto the models of the cars Mm. and so um, they just photographed them and filmed them you know, they filmed the camera moving around them as this the cars were moving, and then they just transferred those they just Xerox those lines onto the um, onto the cells. So it's like this crazy Xerox method of rotoscoping. But they even but instead of photographing, photogra- using footage of cars and tracing over that, they they literally made a line art version model of the cars. You you, you have to go to that link that we're gonna put in the show notes for the making of feature edit. It was really something how they did it. But yeah, those, those are the cars. And then, of course, they, they, um, they talked about how the cars have the personalities of their characters. Yeah. You know, Krill Crue- Deville lost her big maniac mansion, um, but her car is apparently in pristine shape.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: n- maybe she lives in her car most of the time. She's got to have some sort of disorder.
1: I love the scene when she's like crazy, dri- crazy woman driving and her hair's like all on end and her eyes are yeah. really big and she's like, ah.
0: Really devilish. And then she she plows into ravine and instead of giving up, she just she just goes straight up <laughs> the ravine and just like jumps it and right after ramming the ramming the truck, man, she really wants to do them in. Mm-hmm. And then I'm she serious. she totally gets her come up ins.
1: Yeah, take that.
0: <laughs> in the in the fit the Disney uh hissy fit of the century.
1: And then You then the... idiots. And then you know the that's... comeback of
3: the century. Yeah, shut up. <laughs>
1: <You> know, this, <laughs> this is something they do in Disney movies a lot, where the villains and the, the antagonists sort of get reprimanded, and but they're not killed, and so we just see them, like, bickering with each other. I can think of, no, no, you know, no, Hiss, Hiss and um, <laughs> Prince John. Oh, you um,
0: procrastinating python.
1: <laughs> and then it's in this movie, and then um, in... I. In uh, Aladdin, when Iago and Jafar get stuck in the lamp, Mm -hmm. they're just like, this is like a classic. It's like, you're not going to die, but we're mad at each other and we're stuck with each other, so we're going to (laughs) yell.
0: Miserable, miserable, miserable. The the Disney hissy fits.
1: Henchman hissy fits. We'll make a video. Top 10.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I will admit the live-action movie's ending makes a lot more sense than um then the ending of this one like okay yeah of course they come home and everybody's happy but but like i like actually seeing the ranch that they make for the dalmatians you know but then uh oh oh it's so sad nanny when the the night they come home she's like here's a bit of christmas cheer not that there's anything to be cheerful about (laughs) oh it's so sad you not only lost
1: your puppies but you lost your means of making more puppies
0: (laughs) i suppose so
3: and your friends, like I was, yeah. He's like, I,
1: it's always sad. And,
0: then and then you feel for Roger away. because not only not only did all the puppies vanish, but Pongo Perdita ran away. Yes. Oh well. And then, uh, and Anita's like, "But Roger, your song's a big hit. The whole village is singing it." <laughs> oh, they are, are they? I'm just kidding. <laughs> But anyway, oh um uh, uh, trivia time, and this is this might be lead into a mason conspiracy theory. So what is Roger's last name?
1: Um Ebert.
0: <laughs> nope.
1: Oh, I think I know. I think what I saw it? this when I was researching. Radcliffe?
0: Radcliffe. Ah. Know any other Radcliffes in Disney? But anyway, could could Governor Radcliffe be a distant ancestor of Roger?
1: Um no, because they are spelled differently. Oh okay. really? One's Radcliffe is with a T for Governor Radcliffe. Oh, uh, rat. Yes, okay. but if you and have been doing... negative connotation. But lots of times over the years, so that was in the sixteen hundreds, exactly. names change and you know, when they move to different parts. So they could be ancestors. This is true. They could be relatives, but the name just got changed a bit.
0: Well, well, anything could happen. Anything um, could happen.
1: You know how there's those uh Tumblr blogs that are called F yeah and then whatever, like F yeah Disney, F yeah, whatever. No. I was just looking up Roger Radcliffe and it's F yeah Roger Radcliffe dot and it's just a bunch of Roger fan art.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I can only imagine.
1: Oh gosh, he's a Disney babe. Come on. The realm
0: the the realm of fan art is is just this strange world that I do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> F- yeah, Roger radcliffe Let's see this. Oh, him and Anita in love. Oh, the little porcelain thing. Oh, <laughs> images.
1: So Aww, okay. Gifts. So then we end with. We'll have a Dalmatian plantation where, where our population can roam.
0: Dun 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 dun. dun.
1: Oh, Of our plantation home, Dalmatian plantation home, do. And then the music goes crazy, it's great, it's happy. Ah, good times. It's a good ending. It's very abrupt. It's just kind of like, we're home, we're happy, things are going to be great. We'll have Dalmatian plantation. We'll continue puppies everywhere. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Dalmatian plantation, brr a Dalmatian plantation, I say, brr
1: Ah, oh, he's he's a good songwriter. It's going to be another hit. Yeah. I was actually very impressed if that was
3: him off the cuff doing all those plantation, you know, animation, Dalmatian, whatever quotes in there. Because it took me about five minutes to come up with mine at the
1: beginning.
0: <laughs> hey, you never know.
1: Okay, so before we rate it, I asked our listeners on Twitter, who is your favorite character from 101 Dalmatians and why? And little trivia... The movie is spelled out. It's not the number one zero one Dalmatians. It's actually the full spelling one hundred and one Dalmatians. So if you're cool and you're like a legit animation addict, I think we should all start spelling it one hundred and one Dalmatians and be really hipster rather than what Disney does. And they just modern day. They don't care. And they just put the numbers one zero one. But that's not true. One zero one Dalmatians is the live action movie. Just just had to put that out there.
0: Yep, yep, you are so right. Coming
1: from the grammar punctuation Nazi. (laughs) Wee (laughs) woo, wee (laughs) woo. Okay, so I asked who is your favorite character from One Hundred and One Dalmatians and why. Uh, Jer says Pongo or Cruella. Cruella is an amazing Disney villain. Pablo, our writer, says it's not even a contest. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing. No evil thing will. (laughs) Lionel
2: says fifty eighth.
1: Love his spots. <laughs> Say the fifty eighth puppy. Uh future cat hoarder says Cruella Deville because she's awful and she has her own song. Good point. Very good. Dylan Mentis says, of course, or Cruella, of course, for being crazy and sort of a fashion icon. It took some years to realize the whole Deville slash devil thing. Nice. Giovanni De Martinez says, Horace and Jasper, because you can't have one without the other. Anytime they're on screen together, it's comedy gold. Yuri Marcel says, Roger, love him singing the Cruella Deville song. Taisha Navarro says, Pongo, he's an awesome companion for Roger, adorable with Purdy, and the coolest dad to those pups. Eric says, I like the villain, for her name is literally spelled devil. And Abby says, of course, Cruella DeVille. She is actually one of my favorite villains. I mean, she wants to wear puppies. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. It's funny that most people like the villain more than any of the characters. And she is so iconic. So anyways, um, before we go into rating it, I just wanted to talk about... So when this movie was re-released, I don't know if it was released... Whatever. They did a McDonald's campaign for the Happy Meal toys. And they literally had 101 different version of these Happy Meal dog toys. And I I made it my goal to try and collect them because I remember that at the end of the commercial, they'd show all 101 of them or yeah. And I'm like, oh, I got to own those. And I think we had maybe like 10 or something. (laughs) It's a lot of Happy Meals.
0: (laughs) I miss the glory days of the 90s when, when McDonald's actually cared about kids and made awesome toys. And now they just want us to eat healthy. I don't get it. Apple bring those slices. days back. Oh, come on, McDonald's. We want <laughs> toys.
1: <laughs> That's the only reason we go to you. And then my only other like merchandise that I remember is we had one of those like talking books where like on the side, on the right yep. panel, it was like a soundboard. Yeah. And so as you read along, you'd see the picture of a dog with like barking noises coming out its mouth. So you would hit the ruff, <laughs> ruff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh.
0: We had the one for uh, we had the one for Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast.
1: Nice.
3: I had the Beauty and the Beast one. I loved that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one was sweet.
3: <laughs> then, oh, um, the oh, and also the Peter Pan one—that was great.
0: Very anyway, cool.
3: So, what would you okay. guys rate it?
0: Rating? I've been—I've been having, yeah, I've been having so fun, so much fun reviewing this movie that I haven't even thought of a rating.
3: Um, I'm gonna just give it four stars because it's definitely not a five-star movie for me, but it's—it's it's so good I and mean, it's got a lot of great things to it. The art for it—it it makes it even more interesting. The more I learn about how this art was made and the xerox era is just it does have its own flair and like just coolness to it so i like that and also there's a lot of quotes a lot of fun parts i would watch this a lot as a kid so yeah four stars
0: yeah yeah i agree i give it four stars also um i think we've established in this episode that this is like one of the more quotable movies for disney and also um I don't know it's just kind of the history of it like learning about the Xerox method it really made me kind of like appreciate I mean it is kind of a technical achievement what they did with 101 Dalmatians, you know mm-hmm. And uh, I love the characters. I love um, I love the story, you know, and and Krill Deville, of course just like blows everything away and then Jasper Jasper and Horace are hilarious So really good ensemble of characters and and uh, I really like the art style and direction and um, Historically, I think it's a very important animated film. So yeah four stars
1: I'm going to go just a notch above you guys and give it four and a half stars. I just thinking about this movie, I can't feel like I give it justice doing just four stars because I loved this movie as a kid. This is probably one of the ones that was like my top five, top 10 most viewed probably top five. I mean, I remember watching this movie all the time. I'm not saying that makes it a great movie. There are lots of crappy movies that I've watched a lot of times. (laughs) Um, But I really enjoyed this movie and the history with it. I love the art style. It's so different and unique. The story is pretty engaging and has a lot of replay value. Like I can watch this movie over and over again and not be bored. I could just literally watch it right now, even having just watched it yesterday and be engaged and interested. And so um, I I think having one of the most iconic villains is definitely a a key factor to why this movie is so good and surprising, even though there are 101 Dalmatians, there's still a lot of character development between the different dogs, which makes it a very enjoyable film. So four and a half stars.
4: Canine Crunchies can't be beat, they make each meal a special treat. Happy dogs are those who eat delicious Canine
2: Crunchies. Canine Crunchies all contain selected meat and all some grain. Toy Chihuahua or Great Dane I love Canine Crunchies.
0: So, do what all the smart dogs do and you feel great the whole
2: day through. You can be a champion too if you eat Canine Crunchies.
3: Okay, let's head into our voicemail slash email section. We did get two voicemails this week, which makes me really, really excited. So our first one is from our Brazilian friend Yuri. And let's hear what he has to say.
2: Hi, Rotoscopers. I am Yuri. I guess this is my second voicemail. And, well, at first I would like to thank you guys for the podcast. I'm studying animation and love to hear about anything on the subject. Anyway... 101 Dalmatians is one of the movies that I like especially because I grew up watching the animated TV series I would watch every morning so between all the 101 that I actually don't remember the name I do know Lucky Spot Rowley and my favorite cat pig from the TV And the TV series made me go watch the movie and my god how incredible I am a dog person so I instantly liked the connection that Roger had with Pongo from the whole movie, I have to mention, I have to mention especially the scene where Roger creates the Cruella song because that song is awesome. It's so calm, so smooth. Yet, yet Roger's acting makes makes me laugh every time I watch it. Uh, one little thing that I like about Cruella, besides their gorgeous black and white hair, it's that when they translate it to my language. And uh, her name became something like Cruella Cru, And I always like the the way that this sounds. So I said, I am more of a TV series fan because nostalgia. And I would like to give four stars out of five to 101 Dalmatians. And before I go...
3: He came up with a lot of, of the names on there. I was proud of him. Good job.
2: Yeah,
1: I think it's interesting that he had seen the TV series first, and then that moved him to the original. But yeah, that's uh, really interesting. Doesn't matter the way you get there, as long as you you get there. <laughs> exactly. I
0: suppose so.
1: so that's that's an interesting. I liked his review. Very very good. Thank you, Yuri. Okay, and our next one is from
3: Brandon, and let's see what he has to say.
4: Hey, rotoscopers, it's Brandon. I'm just calling about uh, my review very brief review of 101 101 Dalmatians, and I actually loved that movie ever since I was a kid, because I like that it was different from the other Disney movies. It was vocal. I mean, what I mean by that is like the classic children's books, like anything from the past, you know, from the past world. This was a contemporary film, so I like that. That was the first Disney movie to have a car chase. Uh, it also had, like, smoking, and I don't mean just, uh, you know, pipe smoking. I mean, the real deal cigarettes and all this stuff. So it was, like, really modern, although modern from a 60s standard. But even today, it still feels modern because uh, they have the TV and cars and all the modern Amenities that we, we don't see in most Disney animated films, especially back then. So that that I like, and I like the animation style, that sketchy look. I know Walt Disney missed the ink and paint look, but it's still a great film, and it it, it adds a little diversity to the art styles of different Disney animated films. So that's my review. I'm um I also love the song de DeVille. Okay, bye.
0: Can I can I just say that I love um when Google Voice transcribes into text what they're saying
1: yeah and it's totally i like
0: animation i am <laughs> wait, wait my favorite one is uh my favorite one is i i like smoking <laughs> may just you know pipe smoking the real deal cigarettes and all this stuff <laughs> anyway sorry nothing nothing against brandon well that's an well, interesting take on li- why they like the film it's pretty cool
1: no, that's kind of one of the reasons why we liked All Dogs Go to Heaven, because it had the smoking and the gambling. And I, we didn't talk about Cruella DeVille and how she she has that long cigarette. That's oh,
0: that long cigarette. Yeah, or the
1: cigarette holder and then cigarette on it. But what a what a wannabe. <laughs> totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: OK, so. Going into our mailbag, I want to talk about, we got a piece of fan mail via snail mail. Um, So on our website, we have an address that you can send. And it's mostly was just kind of for legal reasons. We had to put it there so we could, you know, whatever. Google makes us put it on there. And so we did. But I picked up the mail and I was like, oh, wow, what's this? And so I want to read it to you guys because it's awesome. Um, So. This is actually from December. I was Every episode, I've been meaning to read it to you guys, but since it's not digital, anyways, my bad. But anyways, so it says, Dear Morgan Stradling, Chelsea Robson, Mason Smith, and Rotoscopers contributors, I'm a big fan of the high-quality animation podcasts that the Rotoscopers produce. I know that your teams put a lot of effort into the articles, animation updates, and podcasts. Each of you is very talented, and your knowledge of animation quotes is quite impressive. One of my favorite episodes was the Toy Story episode. I'd like to thank you for all your efforts with a small Christmas present of Pixar animation stamps. You can use the stamps for for your important correspondence or just hold on to them. Sincerely, Billy Lockwood. And he signs it. And super cute. So he included um, three different sets of stamps for each of us. And I am going to send these to you guys so you can have them and use them for your important correspondence so thank you Billy. that's incredible and that was very kind of you to send that you definitely didn't have to but um so cute and so that really meant a lot to me and to us
0: oh what a guy
1: i feel really cool the fact that we have actual mail coming to us oh yeah that's our first
0: official piece of correspondence that's like
1: time Yeah, legit. Aw, Billy's so cute. So thank you, Billy. You're
2: awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you, man. Awesome. (laughs) Let's go into our non-digital mail here. Uh, I'm going to read one from Joshua. Joshua says, hi, Rotoscopers. Time for my mini review of 100 Dalmatians. Oh, thanks. I was waiting for this. Though I haven't seen this movie much, I still think this movie, um, I still think, uh, Cruella DeVille is awesome herself the car the song etc and the dogs are cute I mean who doesn't like a good puppy all in all this gets a 5.5 5 out of 10 from me P.S. why uh, can you review shows like Invader Zim or My Guilty Pleasure VeggieTales uh, <laughs> quite a good <laughs> good pairing you like Invader Zim but you also <laughs> really like <laughs> VeggieTales so, so which one is it Joshua <laughs> I'm just um, I know I know what you mean uh, anyway, they go on. Anyway, see you soon, A.K.A. Woof, 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 uh, Joshua. Um. Joshua, thanks for your awesome and entertaining piece of fan mail. So I, I want to know why you gave it a 5.5 out of 10. But thanks for re- your review anyway. I totally agree that Cruella Deville is totally awesome. Uh, as far as re- Invader Zim goes, maybe I'll have a, a cartoon corner on the YouTube uh, channel. Or, or maybe we can get around to talking about it on the podcast. But um, I, I also like the idea of talking about VeggieTales, especially since they're doing the uh, Netflix review uh, reboot with Justin Bieber uh, as uh, Larry the Cucumber. Did you all hear about that?
1: What? No, that can't be real. April Fools. But, uh, <laughs> I was like, what?
0: What? <laughs> who? Who better? Who better to, for, to uh, convey the spirit of VeggieTales than Justin Bieber? I mean, he's a stand-up guy, isn't he? Um,
1: disgusting now.
0: He's trash. Yes. Uh, well, now, there's this, <laughs> now, there, now there's this new kid, um, Austin. What's his bucket? Mahoney. He's like, yeah. He's like the new uh, boy, teen heartthrob. So I, I give him about five years till he's in in Bieber's position.
1: <laughs> Prison. <laughs> Don't put that Moving in. on to the next email is, <laughs> is from Sorry. Chris. And so he's referring to our Disney horses. And we actually have two emails in a row that talk about Disney horses we missed. So I, we're going to read both of those and then kind of start that discussion. So he says, I've listened to all your podcasts from the first episode and have learned a lot, although I'm 40 years older than you all. I have a strong opinion on the best Disney horse, Philippe. From Beauty and the Beast is the best in all animation because to me he is the most real, even more than James Baxter's spirit. In my eye, Philippe and looks and moves more like a real horse. He acts and behaves, especially with his interactions with Belle and Maurice, the way that I am expecting to, expecting him to. Thank you for all your work on the podcast, Chris, animation fan. Ooh, them are fighting words because we really <laughs> downplayed Philippe. <laughs>
0: I from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, him. we didn't. Oh, we didn't like him, did we?
1: I've, no, but I, I appreciate that um, perspective. That like, can I can he, I flip his...
0: flop and change my stance on him? Go ahead. Oh, just, <laughs> okay. I, I hereby flip flop and change my stance on Philippe.
1: He... No, no, I, we didn't think about Philippe. We just said Philippe's a coward, so that's kind of why we downplayed him. But Philippe, oh, the way he moves, oh, oh. was definitely good. Good.
0: Oh yeah, his his, his animation, very good. very good. Well, Chris, uh, you're awesome for breaking the the mold of our typical demographic. Um, And that's exciting to to see that we have fans of of all ages. Um, And so, awesome. I mean, you're never too old to be an animation fan.
3: Exactly. Our next one is from username Simba's Guard. Awesome. (laughs) And he says, Dear Rotoscopers, I continue to enjoy your podcast. It's always a lot of fun to listen to. And I usually learn something about the movies that you review that I didn't know. I'm thrilled to know that you reviewed Balto. It's a movie that I consider to be almost as good as Lion King. However, it never truly got its chance due to coming out in 1995 and being overshadowed by Pocahontas and Toy Story. In -hmm. fact, if I can borrow a term from Morgan and Chelsea, I consider Balto to be an honorary Disney classic. While I know you may not (laughs) like Balto as much as I do, I do look forward to hearing your thoughts and opinions. In episode 64, you asked the readers to mention any Disney horses that you did not list and name their... And name their favorite animated horses. The only Disney horse that I can think of that you missed was Buck from Home on the Range. My favorite animated horse is Swift Wind. He is the he is an alicorn from Shira, Princess of Power, owned by Mattel.
0: And I'm from Mattel.
3: <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to read my email and keep up the great work. Simba's Guard.
0: Very cool. Very Alicorns cool. are awesome. This piece of mail is from our fan, Sophie. She says, Hello there. I've been listening to your podcast now for quite a long time now. Think you were around episode 10 at the time, maybe. And it's fantastic. So well done, guys. I've only just gotten around to listening to your Lord of the Rings episode, mostly because I'm dot 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 not dot 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 really a fan of Ralph Bakshi's work. However, Um, If I find that even if you cover a movie I'm not interested in or don't particularly like, you guys always manage to make the episode really interesting. During that episode, you mentioned Aristocats 2. Not sure if you're familiar with it, but Aristocats 2 was once a thing. Marie was going to be the main character, perhaps because she's super marketable. Uh, yeah, I agree. Personally, I always found Berlioz to be the more adorable of the three, Sophie says. She continues. It was it was uh, going to be in 3D. It was going to be a caper movie set on a cruise ship. Wow. Awesome. And she gives us a link. <laughs> she gives us a link for Disney Toon Studios and the sequels that never were. Um so if he continues, I don't imagine it uh, being a good movie, but I certainly I, I, certainly have seen it because even though Disney sequels are mostly awful, I, I just can't help but watch them. Shamefully, n- numerous times. Uh, there was also going to be an Aristocats TV series, again with Marie as the main character. The kittens were going to be teenagers, and their designs, which are floating around the internet, were kind of anthropomorphic. Pretty glad that didn't happen.
3: <laughs> Me too.
0: Really enjoyed your horse discussion. Also, my favorite is probably Khan and design-wise Hans's horse, uh, Lemon, because she's beautiful. She is a she, right? I was drawing horses for a project while listening, so it was certainly a nice accompaniment. I study animation at, uni- at a university in the UK and your podcast, oh, I should change my accent, and your podcast, so great to listen to. while I work so, thank you very much for that. I can't hold it for long. I'm also so happy you covered Balto. I've been hoping you do that one for a a long time. If I were to make a request, I would go for Tarzan, thank you, or Princess Mononoke, again, thank you, or any Ghibli movie for that matter. I really like your suggestion, Sophie. She closes by saying, yeah, just a general congrats on the fabulous show and website. Keep up the fantastic work. Heart heart Emoticon from Sophie. (laughs) Sophie, thank you for your awesome uh, fan mail. I... I, I, if I could put in a request, I, I think we should do Tarzan for the week that I have my birthday. That's July ninth.
1: Okay. Okay. It's the constable's birthday.
0: <laughs> at, at least consider it. it. At least consider it. Yeah. And uh, I, I do agree that Princess Mononoke should should be one of the next Ghibli or anime films that we do. I agree. So uh, thank you again. Awesome fans. Awesome awesome emails that they send us.
1: So those three emails talked about uh, different Disney horses that we missed in our discussion. So obviously Buck, which we talked about. Yeah. Home on the Range. It's easy to forget. And uh, Destiny, Prince Edward's horse from Enchanted. So uh, at Matt2D on Twitter told us about that. And uh, yeah, Destiny's a beautiful horse because he has like curly mane. Oh, yeah. Yes. Anyways. And it's James Baxter animation. How can you not love it?
2: We'll have a Dalmatian plantation Where our
3: population can roam In this new location Our whole aggregation Will love
0: our plantation home
4: Dalmatian
0: All right, folks, thank you for listening in on another fantastic episode. I had a blast quoting and discussing and reminiscing on 101 Dalmatians. What about you guys?
1: Absolutely. I love this movie. It's so fun. I could watch it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. 101 times. Yeah,
0: no kidding. And 101 so. times. Well, I could, I could watch it 101 times 101 times. So there.
3: You would.
0: <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, let's see. Special hashtag... Hashtag you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot.
1: <laughs> Done. <laughs> okay.
0: So, um, if you're still listening, then that means you've reached the end of the episode. Yay! Um, and so now you have the the uh, f- you have the right and privilege of using our special hashtag um, uh, for the episode. So on your social media, especially when tweeting, make sure to use the hashtag uh, #AnMAddicts. But our special episode hashtag is hashtag you idiot because uh, let's face it, everybody calls each other an idiot in 101 Dalmatian at some point. So, uh, you, the, if you use a hashtag, you might want to explain it a little bit. <laughs> don't want to don't want you to offend anyone on Twitter, but but uh, or or have a lot of fun and don't explain it to anyone. <laughs> it's 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 their fault if they didn't get to the end of the episode. Um, or know who we are, for that matter.
3: <laughs> Make sure so, yes. you use them in conjunction with each other. That way they know.
0: <laughs> so concise, Chelsea. Thank you for the explanation. Um, very good. Very good. For show notes, visit us at www.rotoscopers.com slash number uh, 68 slash number 68. Don't forget to check us out on Hypable and Animated Views as well.
3: Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, too. We're also available on Stitcher Radio, so if you've got that app, it's definitely a great place to be. If you love the show, please give us feedback on iTunes because, one, we're going to totally appreciate it. And there's been a couple new people who have been get putting their thoughts on there, and thank you guys so much. Those were really nice things for you guys to say, not only just you know putting your reviews there, but just you were really nice to us, so thank you. Also, if you have any emails you want to give to us, it's contact at rotoscopers.com. Or vo- especially for voicemails, because that's my favorite thing, go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemail, or you can call us on your handy-dandy phone device that says 406-646-6575. Make sure to check out our Amazon affiliate link. That's rotoscopers.com slash Amazon if you're going to be buying anything in the next forever Um, because we do get a little bit of a kickback for that so if you like our show at all and you want to help us continue the easiest way to do that is just you know you're all if you're already buying something through Amazon buy it via our link it'll be great all right and just for those Studio Ghibli fans, we are going to be doing Princess Mononoke on our next episode. So episode sixty-nine is Princess Sweet. Mononoke. Sweet.
1: goodbye get dog ready series. For, and,
0: get ready. A uh, goodbye dog series. Good, good. Uh, hello, strong female uh, protagonist. Uh, anti-war message <laughs> and uh, nature versus man and, and, uh, and a, a slight dose of spirituality. Uh, yeah, get ready for it, folks.
3: <laughs> We're excited. All right, make sure to check us all out on our individual locations. Morgan Stradling on Twitter, Chelsea Robson on Twitter, and you can also check out Mason SMTX at Twitter as well. Um, We all have other locations too, but check out our contact or check out the About page on the website if you want to know more. So, you guys, this has been one fantastic episode. Thank you for joining us once again. Until next time...
0: We are the rotoscopers. I took a selfie right next to the right next to the promo cardboard thing at the theater last night for How to Train Your Dragon Two, and I did look exactly like Hiccup, <laughs> except for the except for the green eyes. But um, you know, hell hath no no fury like a wife who thinks that you need a haircut. So oh. I had to cave.
1: Absolutely. So um, as you can tell by my notes shortening down, this is <laughs> where, where I, I? I fell asleep last night.
0: <laughs> well, let's go into our non snail mail, fail, fail, fan mail. Dang it. So well done, guys. Whoa, whoa. Lost my place. Lost my place. Sorry. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> <laughs>
3: Sorry.
0: She continues. Really enjoyed your horse discussion. Oh, hold on. I, I pressed the down key and now I'm totally lost.
2: Okay.